piece by indie rocker and singer-songwriter Sufjan Stevens. It's from an album of his from 2001 called Enjoy Your Rabbit, and he had this idea of writing electronic pieces inspired by animals from the Chinese zodiac. We heard a little bit of Year of the Snake. Welcome to Relevant Tones, I'm Seth Bosted. So why am I featuring a singer-songwriter like Sufjan Stevens on the show? It's hardly contemporary classical music, and even in this foray from 2001 into electronic music, it's really not contemporary classical. But not too long ago, I got a CD in the mail from a string quartet in New York called the Asso Quartet, and they had hired composers to arrange these songs for their quartet. And I thought, oh, that's pretty interesting. But then a little while later, I got a CD in the mail from Maya Beiser, the great cellist, and she had hired the composer Evan Zaporin to arrange pop songs for her. And I thought, well, that's an interesting coincidence. And then I got another CD and even another one of ensembles that are asking composers to arrange pop songs. And I thought, wow, that's an interesting show and certainly an interesting trend that's developing. So on today's show, I'm going to be playing pop songs that have been arranged either by the ensembles themselves or in collaboration with a composer. Let's hear what the Asso Quartet did with this song. This is from their album, Run, Rabbit, Run. Again, all arrangements of these electronic songs by Sufjan Stevens by various composers. We're going to hear the arrangement by Olivier Manchon of that same song, Year of the Snake.
This music from this album, Run, Rabbit, Run, in which the Asso Quartet out of New York City asked different composers to arrange songs from Sufjan Stevens' album, Enjoy Your Rabbit, for their string quartet. Enjoy Your Rabbit consists of electronica by Sufjan Stevens, each song inspired by a different animal in the Chinese zodiac. We heard Year of the Snake, arranged by composer Olivier Manchon. I think he did a really nice job with that. It would be a very difficult song to arrange for an acoustic instrument like the string quartet. There would be a lot of decisions that you would have to make, things that you would have to leave out that you would not be able to do with an acoustic ensemble. But I think he made great decisions, and I really enjoy the album as a whole. Run, Rabbit, Run, the Asso Quartet. I'm going to turn now to this new disc by Maya Beiser. She is a cellist that I always follow with great interest. Her projects are always really, really innovative and wonderful. This album is called Uncovered, and she has asked composer Evan Zaporin to arrange a lot of different pop songs, very famous songs like Black Dog by Led Zeppelin, Moaning at Midnight by Howlin' Wolf, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd. I'm going to feature a song by King Crimson, one of my favorite progressive rock bands. This is a very, very beautiful song called Epitaph. We're going to hear Evan Zaporin on clarinet and bass clarinet and Maya Beiser on cello. Thank you. 
It's beautiful music, a song called Epitaph, originally performed by King Crimson, the progressive rock band. I remember that from their album In the Court of the Crimson King. Very, very beautiful music. Here arranged by Evan Zaporin for the cellist Maya Beiser. We heard Maya, of course, on cello, performing with Evan Zaporin himself on clarinet and bass clarinet. Epitaph by King Crimson. That's off this new album called Uncovered by Maya Beiser, in which she's asked Evan Zaporin to arrange a lot of pop songs for her. And this is a growing trend. We've seen a lot of performers and ensembles now who are arranging songs themselves or asking composers to arrange pop songs for them. And I think this is coming from a place of absolute respect for the pop music. It's not any kind of cynical attempt to to sell CDs or to appeal to a mass audience. These are mostly performers who grew up listening to pop music. And in fact, I want to read just a little bit from Maya Beiser's liner notes because I think it really explains this very well. She says, The first time I heard Janis Joplin, I felt shaken to the core. Somehow her unique, raw expression snuck its way into the inner shrine where until then only the likes of Bach and Schubert were allowed to enter. The cello, the earliest serious choice of my life, destined me for years to be an outsider in Janis Joplin's world. Her place in the blues and rock and roll and the blur of electric guitars, percussion, and bass, that world seemed barred to me as a classical cellist. I think that really says it all. And so these performers who have decided to play, say, the French horn or the viola and and, and have always thought they would never be able to participate in rock and roll are now able to hire composers, many of whom also grew up listening to pop music, and they can play this music that they love at a very high level. And I think that we're getting some very, very interesting collaborations. So I'm happy to feature as many of these as I was able to find The next piece I want to feature is very, very famous. It is Philip Glass's first symphony called the Low Symphony. And here he has taken themes written by David Bowie in collaboration with Brian Eno from their album Low, and he's incorporated them into a symphony and, well, given them the Philip Glass treatment. His movements are all rather long, so we're going to have to do an excerpt. We're going to hear the first movement of the first symphony, the Low Symphony by Philip Glass. This is the Brooklyn Philharmonic Orchestra, conducted by Dennis Russell Davies.
the unmistakable sound of Philip Glass. If you're just tuning into the program right now, I think you would know immediately who you're listening to. In this case, though, he's been inspired by tunes written by David Bowie in conjunction with Brian Eno from their great album, Low. We heard an excerpt of Subterraneans. That's the movement number one of the Low Symphony, which is itself Symphony Number no. 1 by Philip Glass. Subterraneans is a song by David Bowie on his album, Low. And you can really hear the themes present there. Philip Glass has definitely left them intact, although he has, of course, given them his trademark minimalist treatment. Well, the pieces that we've heard so far were all arranged from recordings. The composer or the arranger was very inspired by the music and then went to the source material, which was, as it always is for pop music, the CD, the recording, not the score. But the next piece is kind of interesting in that there's never really been a definitive recording issued by the artist. I'm talking about the 2012 project, The Song Reader by Beck. It's a collection of sheet music. It's never, as far as I know, been recorded by Beck himself. So there is no definitive version, and that seems to be the way that he he likes it. He wants people to make their own versions of it, and many, many versions exist. Singer-songwriters, folk musicians, and classical composers, as we're about to hear. We're going to listen to Gabriel Cahane's arrangement of Mutilation Rag. Here he is performing with Y Music. This is from Beck's Song Reader. called Mutilation Rag by singer-songwriter Beck, who issued it in 2012 along with a lot of other songs in sheet music form only. And a lot of composers, various and sundry different performers, have been inspired to make arrangements of all of these songs. We heard Gabriel Cahane performing with Y Music. It's called Mutilation Rag because there are some funny instructions or optional lyrics that can be spoken while the music is played, and they describe a battle between the left and the right hands. But don't worry, it all turns out well in the end. 
You're listening to Relevant Tones, a show featuring the music of contemporary composers. On today's show, I'm featuring really creative arrangements of pop songs for classical ensembles. You can find out more information about the program on Facebook or on our website at relevanttones.com. Back to a time when nerds ruled the earth, 1981, that album Computer World came out by Kraftwerk. Only a couple of years later, we would have the movie Revenge of the Nerds, and then Empire Strikes Back came out shortly, which I think cemented the supremacy of the nerd in the mid-80s. I remember that album very, very well, and so when I found that a string quartet had arranged that song, Pocket Calculator, I absolutely couldn't believe it. And I felt like I just had to play a little bit of it, even though it's hardly classical music, so that you could get a sense of what the song sounds like in case you haven't heard Kraftwerk before. And then you can imagine how difficult it might have been to arrange that song for any acoustic genre, but I think especially a string quartet with its kind of homogenous string sounds. How is he going to do those electronic sounds? Well, let's have a listen and find out. This is the Balinescu String Quartet from their album Possessed, performing the music of Kraftwerk. We're going to hear Alexander Balinescu's arrangement of that song, Pocket Calculator. I'm the operator with my pocket calculator.
pressing down a little key, it plays a little melody. Pressing down a little key, it plays a little melody. It's definitely something I would never have believed existed before hosting Relevant Tones, a string quartet version of not only Pocket Calculator, which we just heard by Kraftwerk, but many other songs by Kraftwerk, too, from this album, Possessed. Balanescu String Quartet performs Kraftwerk. It's an arrangement by Alexander Balanescu, and I think he made some really great decisions there. One is to keep the voice. He must have lifted the voice straight from the original track and then kept it on the string quartet track. I think it's a really good idea. You, you need that. You, you have to have that robotic sound. Otherwise, it's simply not Kraftwerk. And if you can't get those electronic, kind of cheesy electronic sound effects, then I think having the voice, that very robotic sounding voice, is the next best thing. Alexander Balanescu's arrangement of Pocket Calculator, performed by his string quartet, Music of Kraftwerk. Let's have a listen to more music arranged for the string quartet, but here we're going to show off the versatility of that ensemble. The string quartet can do so many different things, even though it is a homogenous sound, all instruments that blend very, very well. But whereas the Kraftwerk was by necessity a very choppy sound, trying to imitate the electronic sound of the original, here we're going to have a very ambient, very slow-growing, very, very beautiful sound, and that's because we're arranging a very different kind of ensemble. This is the Kronos Quartet playing the music of one of my very favorite rock bands, the Icelandic band Sigur Rós. They've asked Stephen Prutzman to arrange this song, Flugufrelsaren, which means the fly freer. Let's have a listen to this very, very beautiful music performed by the Kronos Quartet, music of Sigur Rós.
Beautiful music from Iceland. That is the rock band Sigur Rós, here arranged by Stephen Prutzman for Kronos Quartet. We heard the song Flugubelsaren, or The Fly Freer. 
As I was listening to that music, I was thinking of so many things. Of course, just the beauty of it. Maybe you think of the Icelandic landscape. If you've ever seen pictures of Iceland, it looks like the moon or someplace. It's this incredible landscape. But then I was thinking about the craft work, and I couldn't help but start laughing. I was thinking to myself, is it even possible that anyone has ever played two more different string quartets on air anytime than what we just did here on Relevant Tones? And I don't know, because uh, it's definitely something unusual to play craft work and then follow it up with Sigur Rós. And so what a fun thing this show is to be able to play these different arrangements for you. And I'm featuring arrangements that are made by ensembles or that ensembles have asked composers to make for them of pop music. Again, this is coming from a place of respect. This is not kind of look at us playing pop music isn't that cute. <laughs> it's more that most of them grew up listening to pop music and have always wanted to play it. But for whatever reason, they were attracted to classical music and have been playing in orchestras. And you don't normally get to do this. So thanks to the creativity of a lot of really incredible arrangers, they're now getting to share in the fun and play this wonderful music. And I'm having such a good time playing all of these different arrangements for you on Relevant Tones today. Let's turn now to a very interesting project by the arranger Tolga Kashif. This is called the Queen Symphony. It's exactly what it sounds like. It is a symphony based on themes by the rock band Queen. There are a lot of ways that I could have gone with this because he didn't seem to want to leave anything out. <laughs> he has everything in the different movements from the Bohemian Rhapsody to Bicycle Race, Another One Bites the Dust, you name it. So there are definitely a lot of ways I could have gone with this. But you'll have to indulge me because personally there is a theme that he included that I just happen to love. And that's Who Wants to Live Forever from the movie Highlander, which again came out back in the 80s when nerds and I guess immortals ruled the earth. I think this is a beautiful arrangement. This adagio movement also contains the theme Save Me. All of this has been arranged by Tolga Kashif, and we're going to hear him conducting the Royal Philharmonic. Music of Queen.
Two songs originally written by Brian May of the rock band Queen. We heard Who Wants to Live Forever and Save Me, Movement 3, the Adagio Movement of the Queen Symphony, written and arranged by Tolka Kashif, and we heard Kashif conducting the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra. The beautiful violin solo was by Nicola Loud. The last thing I'm going to play on the show today is this very interesting project that Alarmal Sound did. A couple of their members had the idea to arrange songs by Aphex Twin, which again on the surface seems like an odd idea. Aphex Twin is a very heavily dance-oriented electronica group, and so again, arranging them for an acoustic ensemble might be an odd thing to do. And then when they decided they were going to go ahead with the project, they told all the arrangers that it absolutely has to be acoustic. You must reproduce these electronic sounds with acoustic instruments. And it's a lot of fun to listen to the pieces and decide exactly how they did this in some cases. In fact, the album is called Acoustica because of this limitation that they gave the composers. We're going to hear Log On Rock Witch. I want to play just about 20 seconds or so of the original Aphex Twin version. Then we're going to fade that down and go right into the arrangement by Jonathan Newman for Alarm Will Sound.
Music originally by Richard D. James, who goes under the name Aphex Twin, arranged here by Jonathan Newman for Alarm Will Sound, a 20-piece chamber ensemble. Again, the idea was that this had to be all acoustic. As far as I can tell, the only exception is electric bass. Everything else is acoustic, so all those sounds that you're hearing are acoustic instruments. And I think he did a great job of notating all of those complicated rhythms, and those percussionists had their hands full, I think, realizing them. Beautifully well done. Log on Rockwich by Aphex Twin, here performed by Alarmal Sound from their album Acoustica, and the arrangement was by Jonathan Newman. What a wonderful plethora of creative arrangements of pop songs we've had on the show today. It was so fun for me to do the research and find all of these newer collaborations that are happening, but then also to realize that this idea of collaborating across the genre divide goes back a long ways. Even from the time of Elvis Presley, one of the first rock and rollers, they were already adding what they thought of as unusual instruments, acoustic instruments, to their ensembles. The Beatles, of course, would incorporate a string quartet. Pete Townsend, not much later, would write a rock opera. It seems to me that as long as there have been musicians, there are these genres. We always put genres on things, your classical, your jazz, your rock. But the musicians themselves, as long as they're creative, which they pretty much always are, will always look to break down these genre boundaries and make amazing music. Relevant Tones is produced by Jesse McCorders. For more information about the program and the artists we've featured, you can find us on Facebook, and you can hear this and all previous programs at relevanttones.com. Relevant Tones is brought to you in part by the generous support of GCM Grubner, the Aaron Copeland Fund for Music, an anonymous donor, and the listener supporters of the WFMT Fine Arts Circle. I'm Seth Bostead, and this is the WFMT Radio Network.